Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. So welcome to another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I am so grateful that you've joined me again for another episode. And if this is your first time, I sincerely thank you for coming to visit me and spending a little time to hear some insights and inspiration that'll better prepare you for the work that you do as well as your career. So let's just set the stage a little bit. It is June 1st that I'm recording this, and I know that we're not supposed to date these episodes, but you know, I want to give you a little context. I'm thinking about you. I'm really thinking about you and being grateful for all the interactions that I've had with so many people that are listening to the podcast, as well as those that I have not connected with yet, but do hope to soon. So the sun is coming up a little bit. I'm here with my coffee. And for those of you who have been around with me for some time, you know, Reagan, my dog, sometimes makes a cameo appearance on these podcasts. We decide not to edit out his input. <laughs> but here's he's a, a little tired this morning because I've been up since about 4.30. He's waiting for the sun to come up for us to take a walk. And in this moment right now, I see you. I'm thinking about you. And a topic that maybe people don't like to talk about because maybe it's taboo. But I usually take those kinds of topics that are maybe a little risky or those that people don't spend enough time talking about it and bring it to the fold for which we should be having more conversations about how to be successful in a crisis. Yes, I said that, a crisis. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a number of podcast solo episodes on this topic. I think strongly about this because these are really those things that leaders face. They never want to face and some come out victorious and others fail terribly whenever we're faced with crisis. And again, it's all about better preparing you, whether you're a C-suite leader or a frontline specialist, how can we be successful in a crisis? But before I get to the topic, and again, I've set the stage a little bit for you, hopefully you uh, take a moment to sit, to listen, or perhaps you're walking or someplace where you can maybe take notes, because there's some really good frameworks in this episode for which I really want you to realize. But Getting back to a couple things that are happening right now, I do want to thank all, all of the people, the aspiring C-suite leaders, as well as some of the senior leaders I've been speaking to. I am on a mission to speak to as many of you as possible. And I have already had about 25, 15, 30-minute interviews with some amazing people that have shared their career opportunities that have really helped their career as well as some of their career challenges. And each one of them that I speak to, I am getting some really, really great speaking topics. So after we get through this series on different topics around crises, we are going to start bringing those lessons learned and insights from real people that I have spoken to so that we can elevate you so you don't have to struggle as much and be more successful. 
A couple other things that are going on. We are currently enrolling in the Drop-In C-Suite Academy. It is a 12-week experience, making it highly flexible, but highly interactive with me so I can share the best insights I can to help those aspiring leaders struggle less and achieve their career goals. So if you want to learn more about that, please, please reach out to me. I would be happy to have a conversation and share with you more about this experience. And lastly, oh, thank you for the downloads. There have been some people, I don't know, in certain cities that have been downloading many, many of these episodes. I don't know who you are, but I sincerely want to express thank you for your sincere interest in consuming this content. And if you really do enjoy it, please share it with others. I am eternally grateful. But now let's just get a little bit to this topic the five steps for a successful crisis. And again, ah, crises, they're never comfortable, but you can be more successful. But let me just start with a quick story that will set the stage for what we're going to talk about going forward. Now, I had to respond to a potential recall. And I was grateful for the team that had assembled for the particular serious investigation. I had all the people that I needed in the room, whether it was my inventory people, my manufacturing people, as well as customer service, my sales teams readying to tell our customers what the impact was. And unfortunately, or shall I say fortunately, we also had our legal counsel and corporate communications people all in the room ready to manage stakeholders and try to mitigate any industry perception. And so we went through our due diligence, we conducted the investigation, we used our checklists and our systems to make sure that everything was done as expected. And when the meeting was done, we were able to claim success, and that was the end of our mock recall. And while the situation wasn't real, it could have been. And so No one wants to live through a crisis, whether it's product-related or a natural disaster or the big thing right now are cybersecurity threats. But knowing that you can survive a crisis is what leaders should seek because that's peace of mind. And as a senior leader, if you are listening to this right now, have you given your people all the tools they need to be successful in managing a crisis? And I really ask you to take a moment to think about it. Have you given your people all the tools they needed to be successful in managing a crisis? And if you can't answer that, how will you find out the answer? And if you happen to be an expert in the organization that knows exactly what needs to be done in a crisis, you know all the things that could cause a right a crisis. You've done your risk mitigation plans. Have you ever, have you ever tested the system? to make sure it works versus telling management, I've checked the box, we've audited the process, my certifying body has even come through and validated that we do have a good crisis management system. Everything looks like it's working, but are you sure? And this is a serious question. Are you absolutely sure what is written down on paper neatly tucked away versus reality and action are two different things. You know, I'll tell you a quick story while um, I was working in a flavors manufacturing environment. One of the things that we need to do is certainly document what the processes are from A to Z. And we also then have to, at every critical step in the manufacturing process, identify what the risks are 
And then what are those controls we have in place to assure that if a risk exists, we don't pass it down the line and ultimately onto our consumers. The problem with that, and yes, that is a sound practice and you audit it and say, yep, everything is working, is it doesn't take into account the interactions of people. What about that janitorial or sanitation staff or that contractor that comes into your environment and interacts with your process, your people or equipment? That wasn't in your original procedure or plan. But sometimes they interact with it, they touch it, they change settings, they do something different than what is normal. And the problem is, is we always plan for normal (laughs) and we don't think about all of those things, including aliens. And I say that in jest, aliens. But when we don't think about all of the other possibilities that can introduce a variable and potentially cause a risk or a crisis, we are sometimes foolish to think everything is in place. So we need to pressure test our systems. Now, I know I've segued a little bit. I do want to get back to the framework, but I never, ever, ever want anybody to go through a crisis. And while we learn as leaders, as a subject matter experts, how we did through a crisis, what were the lessons learned? What did we do well? What do we want to do differently in the future? I never, ever really want anybody to struggle through a crisis. It's a terrible place. But if you've ever gone through a crisis, it can be a good test of planning and testing our systems. And for those that have never done this, it may be their demise for which they ask the question, how could this have happened? And then bad things happen after that. I want you to be prepared and I do want to give you a framework for a successful crisis, but it all comes down to proper planning. And so I'm going to briefly go over a framework. Again, this is not the end all be all, but it is a starting point for you to think about your current situation and where are you at in the organization? Have you ever been a part of risk management, risk mitigation, or being involved in a crisis or crisis planning in any way? The thing I want you to think about is that it should be regularly part of the framework of every conversation because unless we're talking about it, unless we're preparing for it, when it does unfortunately happen, you're basically not going to get the best results. So framework for a successful crisis, and I will start, there are five steps to this, but obviously the first thing is about people and preparing your people for a crisis. So it's far more than simply a fire drill or annual training. And while we need to do that, that is part of compliance. Leaders need to integrate our conversations about crisis and risk in everyday conversations. I suggest that you add it to your standard work or monthly meetings and ask the questions, are there any new risks? Are there any new opportunities, but are there any new risks? And continually ask the question, are we prepared? The more that we make this an integral part of everyday conversation, the more it becomes part of doing business as usual versus a standalone planning event or an annual execution of a fire drill. So ask yourself if you are comfortable about speaking about crisis and risk, because unless you're comfortable with it, you can't have meaningful conversations. And then ask your people, 
What do they need to be successful in a crisis? You know, if they are a subject matter expert, ask for their insights, ask for what they're thinking. And then when you're done, after you've thought about yourself, are you comfortable with crisis? Do you yourself know where a lot of risks can happen in your business that will cause a crisis? You've leveraged the expertise of your subject matter experts. But by the way, have you asked external counsel? Because I will tell you that when you think you know everything and then the unpredicted actually happens, you should have perhaps taken the time to seek some consultancy and ask where else can risk happen in your business and potentially be that next crisis. So that's the first one. Prepare your people for a crisis. Have meaningful conversations. The next one, planning for the crisis. Once you've curated all the expertise and documented the systems to manage a crisis, again, ask your people if they understand their role in a response to a crisis. You know, when I help organizations set up their quality management systems, we talk about the quality policy and we actually ask the people, can they articulate their unique role in assuring the delivery of quality products and services to their customers? This is a good test to prepare your people to know exactly what they do and why they do it. And this goes so far beyond the annual training needed for compliance or checking the box. I'm talking to you about true conversations with your people to confirm understanding and their role. Because after all, you need to depend on the people to not only do what is needed, but also to think. And it's your job as a leader to plan for the crisis and make sure that you have all that you need to be successful and that people understand it's a real part of life and what their role is. Now, this next one, number three, is so important. I call it pressure testing. You may have seen on reality TV, there is a program around bars, <laughs> bars where, you know, establishment where people gather. Sometimes they reinvent themselves, they rebuild, they reorganize, they open up anew. But until you have pressure test the ability for your people to support the clientele coming through, you never actually know if you have a successful business model or one that's going to fail. So coming back to pressure testing, the crisis, the schools, the elementary schools see the value in preparing children to respond to emergencies by having drills to test their ability to respond. But I will tell you, I don't see many companies testing their systems. Now, I know from personal experience in the world of flavors and food manufacturing, we regularly conduct mock recalls. And I talked about this earlier in the podcast. But the mock recall is to test our ability to manage crisis to, and to mitigate any harm to humans. So I ask you, could you ask the question at your next leadership meeting, ask your team, what systems need to be pressure tested to give you peace of mind and assure the team is prepared? Now, I talk about this in the CEO's compass. I talk about the northernmost compass point called peace of mind, but also to the right of that is performance. And performance is really not necessarily, oh, can we check the box? Did we pass that mock recall or that pressure test? But it's the ability of your people to have the capacity and capability and confidence to do the work. Pressure testing is one way of doing that. So again, I implore you, ask your team, what are those things that you need to do to pressure test the systems, not just audit. Audit is an element, but pressure test is something when you don't expect it. And again, in a controlled situation, you say, here's the crisis and see how the team performs in response to it. You need to do this. Think about it. 
And if you need somebody to partner with, I can give you some ideas. Now, this next thing is the post-mortem for the crisis. This is number four. Make sure when it's done, don't just go back to your office and thank goodness that it worked and go back as usual. The only way that you're going to know if there are any gaps in your process is to check to see if there was anything that could have been done differently. So be sure, one, to give thanks and gratitude for everybody that engaged in the process and acknowledge what went well and leverage that not only for this crisis issue, but anything else in the business. Celebrate what people do well. And then what were those gaps in expectation and document what were the gaps what were the actions and who is assigned and by when? And again, don't just forget about it and assume that it will be taken care of, but regularly review these at your senior leader meetings to understand our, how we close the gaps in response to our crises and then rinse and repeat and say, what else do we need to do to be prepared? And finally, actually make those improvements. Now, a lot of companies will document what they're going to do, but never really go back and ask. This is a critical step that some companies fail because the priority of the day supersedes these gap closures in response to crisis management. Often, we are so focused on top-line growth and getting the sales and shipping the customer their products or services because we want to get that result. Top-line growth, revenue, and while important, But I ask you to think seriously that if you don't properly close the gaps on crisis and crisis management, the inevitable will happen and it becomes quite expensive and it impacts your bottom line of your P&L. And so all that hard work putting in top line growth in your organization to grow the business is for naught because you have lost it in sales, in trust, in expenses, because we didn't properly close the loop on crises and all the things that we need to do now. (laughs) I know that this sounds pretty easy if you think about it. Prepare your people, planning, pressure test, do the postmortem, and do the performance improvement. Sounds simple, but a lot of leaders will get caught up in the day-to-day and not follow through. So I please, I beg of you, if you have stayed with me to the end of this, ask yourself as a leader, Have you done everything possible to give your team the tools to be successful and provided the leadership to help your teams be successful in a crisis? And if you are the frontline or a subject matter expert in the organization, think about it. Think about it. Have you found your voice? Have you done everything possible to elevate the issues to your leadership and prepare the organization? Maybe you're not sure how to elevate something in a proper way that people see, hear, respect what you have to say. Sometimes we haven't prepared you with the skills to be able to take your deep knowledge and understanding and elevate the information and message it in a way that gets leadership attention. There's a loop here. There is the top down, but I also want to prepare the bottom and the middle up. And that's a lot of work that I do with my one-on-one coaching and the C-Suite Academy, the Drop-In C-Suite Academy, where we better prepare our leaders of tomorrow to be able to start acting and doing and exercising the skills they need to be the future leaders and also be successful through a crisis. So I know a lot of this was serious, but again, crisis management should be part of everyday conversation. Ask the questions. Are we ready for risk? Do we have a plan B? Do we have things in our control? Are we prepared? Or if we're not, do you have the courage 
to ask for help. And that's where the drop-in CEO can help you. So again, I want to thank everybody for joining me on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. Week after week, I have the distinct pleasure of bringing guests to you, as well as my own insights to help elevate you in your career or business so you can achieve your goals. And Reagan is now looking for me to take him out on the walk. So we're going to get our day started. And I also hope that you have a good rest of your day. And I do wish you continued success and be well. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, The CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.